Welcome to uh, day 52 of Shape by the Word. We've been uh, kind of lamenting the fact over the last couple of days that we had to leave the Gospel of Luke, but we're not really leaving uh, Luke at all. We move from Luke's Gospel, which is not how it naturally occurs in your Bible. From Luke, you go to John. But we've moved to Acts because Acts is a second volume or the completion of Luke's uh, you know, two-volume church history where he talks about everything that Jesus did through his earthly ministry, then I love the way that he frames Luke, everything that Jesus continued to say and do uh, because he continues his work through us. So Acts is one of the most fascinating books in uh, the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And we often think of Paul having written a lot of our New Testament and of John having written a lot of our New Testament, but Luke has written more of our New Testament than any other author. So we continue in his work today as we pick up the book of Acts. Uh, we begin in verse 1, chapter 1. But before we do that, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Katie, do you mind leading us? Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Um, thank you for your word and this this book that we get to begin today. Um, all, these, all these things that have really happened in history that we get to be a part of. We don't just get to read about it, but we are a part of it. We are a part of your people, and that is a huge grace that you've poured out on us. So thank you. Um, thank you for including us in this story. And would you continue to shape us as we read together? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know if I introduced us. I'm, I'm Paul. This is Matt. And then that was Katie. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, the Gospel of Luke, which we have just read, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our mystery. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field where he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all of his intestines spilled out. 
Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Alkadama, that is, the field of blood. For said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two men you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a couple of days ago, Matt. The moments in history we would have liked to have taken part at. And of course you mentioned you'd have loved to have been a part of that conversation that took place with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and I absolutely agree. Or the few moments after that when Jesus, you know, shared with the rest of the disciples the very same thing, beginning you know, the very beginning of Moses and going all the way through the prophets and writing and showing how Scripture revealed him. This this 40-day session uh, would have been a fantastic session on his teaching of the kingdom, how God is ruling and reigning on earth and sovereignly restoring all things to himself and mm-hmm. how it will be, you know, consummated in Christ. And, of course, even during this teaching time, they've jumped immediately to the end. Are, are we going to do the end now? And Jesus says there's much more in store for us uh, before the end comes. You know, that's something that's in the heart of the Father, and uh, he's keeping it secret, but you have something to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, then Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And, of course, that's really the outline of the book of Acts, how the ministry starts in Jerusalem, and it makes its way all the way to Rome. Which to them would kind of been, you know, not not really the ends of the earth, but just kind of pinnacle of the penetration of the gospel from this uh, little city, you know, in the middle of Judea, to the most powerful city uh, in in Rome in, in the world, which is which is Rome. Yeah. And I love in verse six how they gather around him and ask, "Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel?" And they have in their minds you know him restoring the kingdom to israel and his answer is pretty much saying i am going to do so much more than you could ever imagine i'm going to use you to take the kingdom to into the world and it's it just reminds me of how we can so often have this small picture and to us it feels very big but god has so much more in store and I love Jesus' answer to them. We tend to be very provincial. We see you know, the gospel and its small impact on us and its small impact on our world. And, and so they ask the question, when are you going to restore the kingdom? And mm-hmm. Jesus, instead of answering the question, when the kingdom will re- be restored, he, he answers the question, how the kingdom mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. be restored through their witness you know, to the ends uh, of the earth. And there'll be some surprises along the way, mm-hmm. even when they hear him talking about you know, going to you know, nations, they, they, they largely hear him saying, Israel, that's scattered among the nations, they're going to learn some amazing lessons about God's inclusion of all nations and how the mm-hmm. kingdom is much, much bigger than they had imagined. Mm-hmm. And even the command, you know, or the, the description of you will be my witnesses is empowered by his spirit. And I love that. I think that's one of the things that 
I love about what Jesus does. I mean, at the end of Matthew and in, in Acts is, you know, Jesus doesn't just send them out and say, all right, it's up to you guys now. You know, you're going to be my witnesses, figure this thing out. He says, actually, wait here. Don't go anywhere. Don't move <laughs> because God's still going to do something. He's going to send the Spirit. When the Spirit comes, then you'll be empowered to be my witnesses. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I just wonder, like reading this and you're one of the disciples sitting there and you're thinking, man, we've had such a hard time understanding Jesus. Like it, it just seems like he's always, you know, throwing us a curveball or he tells us, but we just can't quite understand. And, you know, they hear him say, you're going to be my witnesses. And, and I wonder if they're sitting there thinking, all right, here we go. We'll, we'll restore the kingdom of Israel. You know, we're, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take this upon ourselves, you know, and still just not quite getting it. But to their credit, we see, you know, we're going to see unfold throughout the book of Acts. Like they do this, the, the, the spirit comes and empowers them and they live as his witnesses, you mm-hmm. know, whether life or death, they're his witnesses. Yeah. And it's important to see that while they're waiting, they're not just passively waiting. They're actively praying yeah. together as, I mean, as his disciples, like hun- over a hundred of them. Right. And men and women constantly in prayer in verse 14, along with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So we know now right. that his mother and his brothers are believers that he is the Messiah, which has changed. Right? And you see a huge transition that has taken place. Yeah. Uh, last time we see them, they're trying to escort him away, thinking, you know, that he is out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And here they are, you know, genuine uh, followers of Christ and the hope uh, of the restoration of all things, you know, given through, you know, given through Christ, which would be hard to... Uh, except if you were uh, one of Jesus' younger brothers. Yeah. I think he had four, Joseph, Simon, uh, just got two, and um, James, obviously. Yeah. Yes, and uh, so, and then the other brother that no one ever remembers. Jude. Yeah. Did Isn't we say Jude? Jude. Jude. Joseph, Simon, well, that, Jude, and James. Yeah. 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 Or Jude, Jude <laughs> <does>. But anyway. <laughs> one of those. Yes. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of Mary and her perspective. This isn't huge in the story, but just kind of fun to think about, like, you know, how she pondered those things in her heart. And um, and when Jesus as, as a child was prophesied over, and then I think she had maybe a smaller picture of what God was going to do through him as he was growing up. But now that she's seen his resurrection, maybe seeing a much bigger picture and maybe is still pondering mm-hmm. these things in her heart. I don't know. No, she probably, you know, she had, a, of course, she had a grand vision when you look back at uh, her song, you mm-hmm. know, in the early part of Luke. She knew it would be restoring and reversal, and the, those were far away would, you know, be brought near, and those who uh, were poor would be filled with good things, and the rich would miss out and go away empty. So she had a big vision of it, but it was really hard to see that vision being fulfilled uh, you know, through the person of Jesus in exactly the way that was being fulfilled, mm. you know, through the person of Jesus. Mm. And, of course, you were talking about a while ago, Matt, you know, witness. You hear the echoes of Isaiah where he's describing these last days and he's describing these works, uh, you know, in chapters 43, 44, somewhere in there. And he, and he turns back to the people of Israel and he said, you, you will be my witnesses mm-hmm. of these grand works. And, of course, being a witness here is talking about the death and the resurrection and the exaltation, you know, of the Lord Jesus, you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which is a, a very important, uh, you know, part of what we see here. We yeah. see Jesus, you know, taken, you know, from them as he's lifting his hands to bless them. And we see the image of clouds, 
uh, which through the Old Testament was a always a formidable you know sign of the presence of God, but in Daniel seven especially, it is the sign of the Son of Man being a, given an eternal kingdom, taking his place, you know, before the Ancient of Days, mm-hmm. and being given a kingdom that will never end. So his ascension uh, is not just simply Jesus waiting until consummation it's jesus ruling uh, and guiding and empowering as he will do in the next chapter his disciples through the gift of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. which you know by the way was the one strong indicator of the last days whenever the holy spirit was poured out Mm -hmm. i love the imagery too i mean when you read the old testament and kind of watch how the Old Testament saints formed their identity. They they kind of viewed Israel or Jerusalem, you know, Mount Zion, to be kind of the place where it maybe it would be the city in which everyone would be attracted to, you know. And if anyone was going to hear about, you know, God or the good news, in a sense, they would come to the city. And and yet here, what you have is this reversal almost of where. You know, Jesus is saying, not everyone's going to come to Jerusalem to hear the good news. In fact, you're going to leave Jerusalem, and you're going to take the good news. It's almost, you know, kind of this recovering, in a sense, of what the mission of Israel was always meant to be. When God said, you know, I'm going to collect the people for myself or call the people to myself, you know, they'll be a light to the nations. Yep. And here you have Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father, you know, in authority. He's going to send the Holy Spirit, and now who are we called to be? We're called to be a light to the nations and, and to be his witnesses, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, United States and beyond. I mean, everywhere. Right. And, and of course, when you move to Revelation chapter 22 and you see the new Jerusalem in chapter you know, 21, all the nations flood yeah. to the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, this is the time of, of going out and proclaiming. Uh, that would be the time of gathering you know, and, and worshiping. So I have a question with some of the time we have left. Do you think that they felt a need to complete the 12 disciples, right? So they had gone down to 11 because of Judas. Uh, we left out the casting of dice in order to uh, find your place among the disciples altogether. We yeah. haven't. No, there, there seems to have been a strong need to it, you know, to complete the number. Yeah. So I kind of, as 12. I was reading, I was like, well, why do you, th- why do you think that they felt that need to have one more right. person to complete that twelve? And would it be, I mean, would it be to because the number twelve is so significant, or because Jesus chose twelve, and so they wanted to continue that? Largely, I would go to the purpose of Jesus in choosing the twelve. You know, his purpose in choosing the twelve seems to be: I am remaking and reconstituting, reconstituting, mm-hmm. you know, the nation of Israel. I, you know, with with my, you know, with the twelve disciples. So the symbolism of of the nation is is very rich. They're very nationalistic at this mm-hmm. time, and so, you know, the restoration of Israel. And if we're going to restore Israel, one of the things we're going to need is all twelve tribes represented although these guys are not tribal they are representing the number of completeness mm-hmm. of the nation of israel yeah. uh, in that some argue that uh, they made a mistake they should have you know chosen paul i, I think i think that's probably not the case i think uh, you know that uh, paul is uh, you know stands for the extension you know to the nations i, I have no idea mm-hmm. uh, when we see the 12 foundations of the temple you know named after the 12 apostles whether it be paul or matthias uh, then we'll know yeah. we'll know immediately in that moment uh and then we'll ask paul why didn't he make a foundation but anyway those are other questions <laughs> you know for other last, other time isn't this the last time we ever see them casting lots 
Do you think um, there's any significance in this that? This is the last time I see them casting lots. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, some people say once the Spirit comes, there's no need to cast yeah, lots. No. I mean, this is, this is a transition from Old Testament. Yeah. You know, Old Covenant to New Covenant where the Spirit directed decisions you know, through the you know, breastplate, the Urim and the and the casting of lots. But now he's giving his direction to us through his word and through his spirit, you know, directly. And so that that is about to happen. So the transition you know, will be complete. So this is an Old Testament way of seeking God's will. The yeah. New Testament way is knowing him personally through his word and through his spirit, yeah. uh, through the witness you know, of, the, of the apostles. Yeah. And even with the casting of lot, I mean, they didn't expect it to be this random. I mean, you see Peter right here, he quotes two psalms, two random psalms. I mean, just two lines. Yeah, he would have known Proverbs 16 that talks about every decision. Yes, almost almost contradictory psalms. Let his place be desolate. Let's fill his place. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the two psalms. But in those, he, he heard you know, scripture speaking to yeah. him that there was a desolate place and that the number of leadership you know, needed, to be, uh, needed to be fulfilled. And uh, you began to see how they use scripture. So it is a, a fun um Fun picture into the Old Testament. We don't hear anything, you know, from Matthias, uh, you know, from this this point on, uh, either or, or or some of the others as well. Mm-hmm. Largely, this is going to be a story, you know, of Peter and then of Paul and of uh, you know Stephen and of Philip, you know, as we as we move through uh, the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, where you are. We thank you that you've seated at the right hand of the majesty on high and because of that you are bringing all the world to its fitting conclusion but more than that you are watching over your people empowering them to be everything you have called them to be we thank you for the hope we have in you we thank you for the beauty of who you are and your exaltation and father may we worship the risen king it's in your holy name we pray amen Amen.